Hey everybody, grab your Bible, journal, pen, and maybe even a cup of coffee, and I want you to write this down, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. I'm your host, AJ, and I'm so glad you're joining us as Dot finishes her four-week series on the book of Philippians. Let's jump into the conversation. Today, we're going to be finishing up our Philippians study. What do you think, Kara? It has really been joyful. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That is one theme that Paul continues to say, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord. So today, how do we rejoice in the Lord? And there's actually little hints on how we can do this and how we can turn our circumstances and our mindset and our hearts in a joyful attitude toward the Lord and having our minds set on him. Last week, we talked about forgetting the past. That's one way to rejoice, how difficult it is sometimes to deal with shame and regret. I remember sitting in church after I decided to walk away from God, and I just was so upset with God. I was a little bit bitter toward God, to be honest, because He wasn't performing the way that I thought He should. And then God got hold of my heart, and I turned around, and I began to really seek after God, to seek to really know Him. And I remember thinking when I went back to church, if these people really knew what I had done, they wouldn't want to sit beside me. And that was such a hard time in my life of feeling guilt and feeling shame. And the way that God began to teach me how to deal with my shame and guilt, of course, is to embrace his forgiveness and know that no matter what I have done, God will always love me no matter what. But he also taught me how to protect my mind. All through Philippians, we haven't concentrated a lot about this, but Paul talks about being very careful in how you think. And he does talk about rejoicing, which is an emotion. But oftentimes, our emotions are connected with what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. And so today, he kind of sums it up. He's like starts from the very beginning. He's saying, you know, I want to thank you. I rejoice for you giving me this money, but I want you to be very careful and I want you to watch your motivation. Don't be so self-centered. Think about others. And then he talks about forget the past and move forward and go forward to what God has for you. And then today he finishes this letter to say, I want you to rejoice. I rejoice. And he continues to repeat it. And he said to you and to me, don't be anxious about anything. And again, there is an emotion and how that we begin to be afraid. What might happen? Have you ever lived with what if? Yeah, every moment of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and so, well, today's going to be a good one for you because that's exactly what Paul is talking about. Being anxious about anything. Don't be so concerned about every little thing, but in every little thing, go to God about it. Well, give it to God. And give it to God. Yeah. 
I uh, have said often, I've repeated what Ron Dunn taught me, this pastor, when he says prayer means we can always do something. And we just throw that out. We just say, well, I'll pray for you or why don't you just pray about it without really realizing that really and truly prayer is the greatest thing we can do because we are entering into the presence of God and we are bringing God into our present and into our circumstances. So again, I want us to think about it, not one about step one, step two, step three, but as we finish Philippians, I think it's great to, to really sit back and say, now God, what are you saying to me? What did Paul want to encourage the church in Philippi and when you begin to see how Paul is teaching the Christians in Philippi that the same truth that was then is same truth that is now because it's all centered upon God and God is always the same. Yeah. Their circumstances are different, but God is always the same. And one of the steps is if you want to rejoice, and I'm encouraging you to rejoice, to stand firm, the very beginning, it says stand firm in the Lord. And you talked about that the other day about our circumstances and being rejoicing in the Lord. So again, we're going to stand firm in the Lord. So how do we do this? How do we rejoice? And he says, and not only are you to be rejoiced, but I want you to stand firm and I don't want you to be anxious about anything. I want you to pray. He says, let your request be made known to God. And I have to admit so many times in my prayer, is that God, you told me to make my request be known. So I'm making my request. And sometimes I get up off my knees and I do have the peace of God. And then sometimes I get up and I'm not as peaceful. There's a fear. What if? What if God doesn't answer my prayer? What if God doesn't allow certain things to change? And I need to get right back on my knees again because what's happened is my mind and the thoughts that I'm having are not thoughts about God that's true. It's about God that's not true. Yeah, I think, I mean, it goes back to what we touched on last week of knowing Christ, mm -hmm. like knowing him. And when we did our prayer series a couple months ago, we talked a lot about that. Like the, mm -hmm. a lot of the point of prayer is that relationship between you and the Lord and a relationship is how you get to know someone. Mm -hmm. And so communicating. Yeah. Like, so I think all of that is, you know, connected. And I think when we lay our hearts, you know, before God, let our requests be known and remember who he is. And when we ask him to show himself to us and to know him more, that's where that peace comes because yeah, perfect love casts out fear. And so when we're sure that God is in control, when we're sure that God is going to come through, that he's making a way, that he hears us, that he cares, that he's good, you know, all of those things, that is what brings peace. That's right. The key is, do we really know that? Do we really say this because that's what we're supposed to say? Or do I know this through experience? And that's one of the things that Paul is saying, actually, in in Philippians 4, he's saying through experience, like work out your salvation, like you begin to act upon what you know, you begin to live that out. And you can go before God and say, God, I'm wanting to trust you, but I don't know that I do. Or God, I want to have faith in you. I want to believe that you will not withhold what is best for me. So give me the faith to trust you. That's bringing everything to God. That's making your request be known. 
that's being honest and transparent before God. And God begins to work in your mind and you begin to concentrate more about who God is and less on what's happening and what he's not doing and continue to think about what he has done and that remembrance and that's forgetting the past but moving forward. Then that's when I believe you begin to experience the peace of God. And it says, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, you're not going to understand it. No, it won't make sense. Like you may be having your worst day and you begin to start out loud saying, God, I just want to praise you and thank you because you're God, that I'm your child. That's the only thing that matters. I am your child. And what brings value to me and what really builds my self-worth is because I am your child or God, I am been forgiven. I'm not going to think my past. I'm not going to think about what I've done, but I'm going to think about what you've done for me. And you begin to concentrate and put those things in your mind without understanding it. There's going to be a peace that comes from God. Or even just like, I mean, me lately, I've had to think and pray in those days where they've just been hard days of, I trust your timing. I trust you are good. And I say that, even when my heart doesn't fully believe it, because I know in my head, I believe those mm-hmm. in, my, in my head. But yeah, sometimes my emotions and what I see or circumstances or whatnot can cloud how my heart feels or my emotions. Mm-hmm. So I think that is that piece where it's nothing's changed and everything's the same. And every, you know, it's still, I mean, I have experienced, I still have pain, but I have peace. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think peace is saying everything's great. It's just Mm -hmm. saying I have a peace because God is working this out or I have a peace because God is good in this or I have a peace because God is with me in this Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. Well, here's the difference is that it's a peace of God. So you still have the peace of God that God's giving you the peace because you're putting your mindset and you're speaking the truth. But the emotional pain may be from the circumstances Mm -hmm. and not necessarily from God as far as like these are just circumstances happening in your life. And so there's a human side of what's going on in your life. There's things that are happening to you in your life, in your circumstances. And then there's something that's happening into your spirit and your heart. And that is the peace that God just continues to pour in your heart that you can't understand. You don't even know why you even feel better. Well, cause it's, I think that's where it's like, God is not, God doesn't give us peace. He is peace. Like mm-hmm. he, that's who he is. Mm-hmm. So when we have that peace that transcends all understanding, it's him in right. us, it's him. And you know, at the end of chapter four, it says, I've learned the secret that I can be content. I can learn that there is a, there's a secret to being content and being able to be in any situation, going through any difficult time, anything that's come my way, there's a secret of having this peace. And I believe that the secret, a lot of it is the very middle part of Philippians 4, of being able to flood your mind with the truth, to think about whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, what is pure, what is lovely. All of these things that represent God, because He is peace, He is true, He is honorable. And you begin to have the mind of Christ and you begin to know Christ, begin to grow in your knowledge of who God is and His heart and His characteristics. Then you begin to concentrate on those things. I believe that that's where it's hard to explain because your circumstances isn't changing, but your mindset's changing, your emotions are changing, and you're beginning to face, no matter what you're going through, with a different mindset and a different confidence that no matter what I go through, I can be content. 
And content is not saying that I want things to change. It's saying it's not going to overwhelm me. It's not going to keep me from trusting God. It's not going to keep me from doubting God. It's going to keep me close to God. And that's where I feel like you know, if we can just face every single day and be careful what goes in our minds, mm-hmm. the mind of Christ. Paul talks about this all the time. And I think he's talking from experience. Like I can't even imagine what Paul had gone through. And we talked about that last week, how Paul had to face his past, but yet he's like, I'm not going to allow my past to define me. I'm going to let go of that past and I'm going to move forward. Well, how's Paul going to do that? He tells us in the next chapter, I'm going to remind myself and I'm going to think about who Christ is. And I'm going to be reminded that he is love and he is joy and he's peace. And I'm going to set before him and I'm going to give him everything that is on my heart. And I'm going to make my request be known and I'm going to leave it in his hands. That's the difficult part. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think the content part, I was just thinking, I mean, literally this morning was praying about a situation and asking God to do something, you know, telling him what my request was. And at the end of it, remem- remembering and saying, but even if not, mm-hmm. um, and I think that, you know, the, um, and Daniel with fiery furnace, you know, that's mm-hmm. the whole, like, I know my God can deliver me from this, but even if not, he's still God and I'm still going to praise him. And so. I think that, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's part of that contentment of like, yeah, like I, you know, this or that, and I laid this before you and he gives you peace. But even if not, you know, like no matter what the situation is, I'm content because God hasn't changed. God is still the same and God is still God. Absolutely. Because what he's saying, he says, I've understand the secret of facing plenty. That's on one hand and hunger. That's on the other. He said, I've faced abundance and then I've faced a need. And he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And what he's saying about this, again, putting this in context, he's thanking the church of Philippi for giving his financial needs. And he's saying, I know what it's like not to have the money to do what I feel like God's called me to do. And then I've understand what it's like to have all kinds of resources to do what God's called me to do. He said, I understand what it feels like to be in need. And I know what it feels like to have plenty. And so that's what he was saying is no matter what I'm going through, no matter what circumstances I find myself in, I think this is what he's saying. God put me there. That I am here. I am in this situation because God's put me there. That I believe that my circumstances will better the cause of Christ. That's what he said in chapter one. Mm -hmm. He said, you throw me in jail, I'm going to just, you know, those poor little jailers are going to have to listen all about Jesus. He says, you're going to beat me? Guess what? All the people that's going to beat me, they're going to have to hear about Jesus. And he's saying, if I'm sitting here in prison or if I'm out talking to the churches, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Have one go. And that he said, I preach nothing but Christ and him who's crucified. He, He was so focused on knowing Christ and understanding who he is, that the circumstances and the people around him, whether or not they were beating him or misunderstanding, no matter what was going on in Paul's life, he's saying to you and me, I understand. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, I'm sure that there are people listening because I have felt like this before, but that feel like that literally, it seems impossible. You know, it seems like, how can I 
to have that kind of mindset, you know, to be content in all things when all of those horrible situations that Paul was in. And I think it really does, you know, we hear Philippians 4.13 all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one of the most popular verses in the whole Bible. And I mean, I remember I've had athletic t-shirts in high school with that verse on it. And I'm just thinking what you're saying is like, we, it's not up to us to be content. God does that through us. Like we don't have to fashion that or manufacture that, but it's, it is him that does it through us. Like we can be content because he will strengthen that. Like he will do that through us. He He will will do do it it. through you. But here's the key. I can say all day long, I can do a cartwheel because it's going to be Christ who strengthens me. I can't do a cartwheel. And I can say that and I can renew my mind over and over that I can do it. I can do it. And what that really is, is positive thinking. That's really not faith. That's really not trusting God to do this. Anyway, I'm saying it over and over again because I want to do a cartwheel. But when we take that this whole chapter and put it in perspective of what he's saying is this, that whatever God's put us in, whatever circumstances God's put us in, that's where God's put us in. God has placed us here and that I can do it. I can stay in these circumstances and not allow the circumstances to overwhelm me and be more victorious over me and get me down. I can be in these circumstances and I can learn the secret of being content and I can stay in this circumstances and not allow the circumstances to destroy me because this is where God's placed me. God provides what he's asked us to do. When God's called us and we are where God wants us to be, God will provide what we need. But when we try to put ourselves in a situation and then ask God to give us the strength to get through that situation, God may be saying to you, I'm in you. And the reason that you don't have the strength to get through this is I never placed you in that situation. So turn around and get out of that circumstances and move forward to what I've called you to do. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of the confusion comes in is that we place ourselves in certain situations and then ask God, you know, to get us victorious in that circumstances or even give us the power to get through that circumstances and God may say, I never put you in that circumstances. You asked me last week, how do you know if you're Saul or Paul? I'm like, God stopped you. God redirected your path. And then you could be passionately going in the wrong direction, but you've got to be sensitive and, and keep your eyes focused to say, God, are you changing my direction? If God is changing your direction, he will give you the strength to maintain and have the power to continue to go in a new direction. If he doesn't take you out of that situation and you're still in it, he will strengthen you to stay in it and do to continue to understand and enjoy the peace of God, whether you're having to go out of the circumstances or stay in the circumstances. And the key is the way that you will view it. Well, I think it, those two words through him, I can uh-huh. do all things through him. And I think it is so easy. And I think so common for people to focus on the, I can do all mm-hmm. things. And I think yes. that's like period. Like that's how I would venture to guess nine times out of 10. That's how it's read. I can do all things. Mm-hmm. And we totally either forget or disregard or, just don't care Mm -hmm. that it is through him that strengthens you. So like, like this, that verse really has nothing to do with us Mm -hmm. at all whatsoever. 
but it has to do. And it's just like what you're saying. It's like, it's through him. He strengthens us so that we can do it. But I do believe this. And I want to make sure I'm clear on this, that even if I've placed myself in a situation that was not of God, mm -hmm. but I'm there and I can't get out of it, then God will strengthen me to do it. But I have to recognize and repent mm -hmm. and say, God, I've placed myself here. I'm in this situation. And here I am, mm -hmm. and I repent of this. I call this sin. And then I believe the peace of God that's that going before God and keeping your mind and set of understanding that God is forgiving and that he's merciful. And God will open your eyes. You're just being Saul. Mm -hmm. Saul, I didn't tell you to do that. Mm -hmm. And so when Paul began to live what God had called him to do, then Paul was able to be just as uh, passionate and zealous for now the cause of Christ, mm -hmm. where before he was the cause of the law and for the Pharisee of the, you know, the God Jehovah. And what was happening was Paul was putting himself in a situation that God had not put in there. When I think he, if he, I would be willing to bet, you know, on the road to Damascus when God called him and that whole moment, and when he realized like, you know, what he was doing and all that sort of thing, he was doing that all in his own strength. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, if he had, even after the conversion, if he had continued to do it in his own strength, he wouldn't have been Paul, you know, mm -hmm. and that's where it's that, that repentance. Not only was he depending upon his own strength, but he's depending upon his credentials, mm -hmm. all the things that he had learned. He really thought he was a good Jew and he was based on their uh, requirements of what a good Jew is. He just happens to not understand that Jesus is the Messiah. He was so caught up in the law. And so Paul, as a Jew, and getting so caught up in the law, he really missed what the Messiah really would have come as. And he was looking to him as being a king. But Isaiah clearly says he will be a suffering servant. But Paul was so dedicated and zealous for his own agenda that he did not see and did not really recognize that really Jesus was fulfilling everything that the old scriptures talks about that the Messiah would be. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things Paul is saying. You concentrate on what is true and what is just. And, and those are the characteristics of who God is. And as you just put and flood your mind with truth, God will begin to show you through the Holy Spirit, like you said, in Christ, in the Lord, in his Holy Spirit. He'll begin to show you that what you're thinking is right or what you're thinking is not right. And, and then you have to change direction. Mm -hmm. You can't just keep doing what you always do and ask God to bless it. You know, I heard a long time ago, if you keep doing what you always do, you get what you always got. So there's a, there's a change mm -hmm. in direction. Well, it's like, you have heard you say so many times, you know, don't ask God or don't tell God what you're going to do and ask him to bless it as, you know, do what God's called you to do. And he, and he, he will be blessed. That's right. And that's um, what I think he's saying here. I think that that's why he's saying about the peace that will surpasses all understanding and guard your hearts and your minds. You know, so often we are driven by our hearts and, you know, it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And we don't always take notice that we have to be very careful what we think. Mm -hmm. And we're always driven. Someone said years ago, and you've heard it said a thousand times, follow your heart. 
Jesus never said, follow your heart. Mm-hmm. He, he said, matter of fact, out of the heart, there's a lot of corruption. There's, you know, my desires, my selfish desires often come from my heart. And he's saying, not only are we to, to approach God with our hearts, but we need to approach him with our mind. And we have to be careful what we think. I cannot express that enough. The mindset is powerful. That's why God continues to talk about renew your mind, renew your mind. Watch what you're thinking. Be careful what you're thinking. You know, my dad would always say, yeah, a bird can build a nest in your head, but he doesn't have to stay there. And sometimes you can't help some of the thoughts that come in your head. But the minute that thought comes in, you know what we do sometimes? We repeat it. If it is not of God, it should not be repeated. And I know that drives you crazy when I do that with you. Like if you say something and I'm like, Kara, that is not a thought. No, you can't be thinking that. And you're like, well, that's what I was thinking. And and I should, really should allow you to express what you're feeling and what you're thinking. But there, immediately there's something in me knowing that that thought was not from God. And sometimes we have to guard our minds and guard our thoughts so that we are uh, confident that what we're thinking is of God. And I think that for today, as we end with Philippians, is to really ask God, God, protect my mind. And just being able to just get before God and say, God, this is what I think. Is this true? God, this is what my heart is saying. Is this true? God, these are the thoughts that I feel like may be coming from you. Is it true? And wait upon God and make your request be known and trust that God, the spirit in you will lead you to the truth. And as you choose to focus and allow your thoughts to be controlled as much as possible with the truth of God's word, then the peace of God will flood you like no other. And you'll be able to face all things through him. And you will be able to rejoice in all things and be content wherever God's called you to be. I hope you wrote some of that down. For more content from Dot, head to dotbowen.com. This podcast is brought to you by Cup of Joy Ministries and generous contributions from listeners like you. We look forward to being with you again next week as Dot talks about sacrificing what you want in the moment for what you want later. Thanks for listening.